Hi everyone, happy Friday. I hope everyone's having a gorgeous and beautiful day. I'm here today with Mitchell Epstein, who is someone who I admire for so, so many reasons. And I've had the um, great pleasure of meeting him in person, <laughs> which is always nice in this online world. Welcome Mitchell, how are you? Doing great, thanks. Wonderful to be with you. Awesome. Let's start off. I'm going to read your, your bio. I think it'll help people give a little bit of and understand your backstory a little bit more. Okay. Mitchell Epstein spent the majority of his 25 career, your career creating strategies and software to help banks make more money and grow more profitable. Shortly after selling his company, U.S. Banking Alliance, in 2006, he and his family moved to Sarasota, Florida, where he knows my parents. Side note, everyone. <laughs> he discovered yoga around the same time and has practiced daily since then. His passion for yoga and mentoring young people helped him recognize that his purpose in life is to inspire people to be more successful in their careers and happier in personal relationships and life. I love it. Incredible, Mitchell. Thank you. Thank you. It sounds really good when you read it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? We're not really used to someone else reading, reading what we've written about ourselves. <laughs> So one of the things that we talked about before we even began our conversation was having an open mind. And I'd actually love for us to start there because I think it would help um, everyone understand a little bit about your backstory and what having an open mind means to you and your journey. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm glad you asked about that. I always am trying to make things better trying to find something that, especially in my business days, I was trying, always trying to make things better. And I, I didn't care where they came from. And so in this particular day, I was in a meeting with the CEO of our company and a guy that worked for me. And it, it, was, it was simple, I'm gonna keep it short and then get to the main points. But so we're in the meeting and the CEO says, have you guys ever considered instead of leaving behind at the end of your consulting engagements, these Excel spreadsheets, have you ever considered licensing them? Well, Don, the guy that was with me who worked for me, he immediately spoke up. He said, that's the stupidest idea he had ever heard. Well, he continued by saying, in fact, no bank will ever license an Excel spreadsheet. Pretty, pretty strong feelings. Larry said he thought we should consider it. We were kind of at the end of the meeting. We all left. I went back to my office and I thought about it. It was a great idea. Clients loved our Excel spreadsheets because they helped them with the biggest pain point in their business. When a lender gets together with a borrower, it's usually an adversarial situation. So we helped create this win-win environment. So I quickly decided we had nothing to lose by asking people to pay for that on an ongoing basis. We put a one-page agreement together and we started doing it. Four years later, remember Don said, no bank will ever license Excel spreadsheets. Four years later, 200 banks had done that. 
if I step back a second to tell you that six, six months after that meeting, I bought the division. So it was now my company. And so those licensed spreadsheets meant every year a bank had to pay us. Well, I sold the business two years later. We had taken those spreadsheets, created real software, 370 banks now licensed that software. I had a profitable business. I got to tell you, I had a very profitable business. But what made the business valuable to somebody else was that annual recurring revenue. 97% of the banks renewed every year, like Netflix. You know, they just loved it. Fortunately, they sent us a lot more than the $13 or $15 that everybody's, everybody's paying. But that one idea, the worst idea somebody had heard, became really the basis for creating the value that allowed me to retire at 46. And I, I, could, I could tell you, uh, well, I haven't even told you the most important point of, of the story, okay? So let me try to relax a little bit and, and let, you, let you know. Those were the two most difficult people I had worked with in my career. The CEO, see if this reminds you of anybody, egotistical as can be, and no integrity. The other person that worked for me, gotta tell you, a lot smarter than me, had that I'm so smart attitude and a sour attitude, never a smile on his face. And so managing him was so difficult. So the natural inclination, of course, when you're in a meeting with people like that is kind of let's get it over, uh, ignore what people have to say. But my consulting work really trained me to listen. And obviously we're in this divided in environment where we're all trying to get our point across, make, you know, I'm right. Let's start listening to one another. Um, family, friends are having a difficult time today because they're not uh, listening and agreeing with one another. Hmm. I love that you bring this up. Uh, this is something I have sat with a lot personally. Um, and how I see it is different perspectives are beautiful and they've always contributed to, I think, a healthy human ecosystem. When we have like different right. perspectives, when we see things through different lenses. And I think what you're saying about listening and what comes to me is seek to understand, seek to understand Beautiful. Um, with compassion, uh, another person's perspective, yeah. because in your experience too, with that story, if you had only listened to this is a stupid idea, you would have right. never <laughs> had the ability or even um, wherewithal or uh, vision to create something else with it. Right, right. And, and I got to tell you, I've, I've since that point, okay, 
read two fantastic books about this subject that I'd love to recommend to people. Yes. One of them is, is by Ray Dalio. It's called Principles. And uh, he's the 67th richest person in the world. Okay. Some people that impresses, other people that turns off. But I gotta but I gotta tell you again with this idea of challenging people to have an open mind. The guy's obviously done some things very well. Everybody would have to give him that. So he manages money and he goes out of his way. The most important thing he can do is get other people to challenge his thought process. What am I missing? We're about to make a big investment. What are we missing? And, and he wants to be challenged. He's very fact-based. He wants to hear people's thought process on, on these issues. This, this other book, Annie Duke wrote, the, wrote this book called Thinking in Bets. She is a great story. She is the first woman to win the World Series of Poker. Okay, so, that, so that, that's phenomenal. Uh, she is a PhD in psychology. And so she, again, is looking to, uh, th this book that I'm talking about is making better decisions when you have incomplete information. And isn't that how we, how we uh, are in life so, so often? Yeah. So she challenges people and her, one of the things that she says is the more intelligent we are, the more we're susceptible to our own bias. Hmm. So we all think like we've all heard about the bots and the things of Facebook and online and they're all, you know, it's fooling the other guy, right? But she's saying, no, the smarter you are, the more likely you are to be fooled. And, and she just tells in, in, incredible stories. Like I said, she's a, a phenomenal uh, poker player, a very entertaining individual. I wrote them both down because I love a, I love a good book suggestion. Yeah. I would love to hear more about your journey as Mr. Lucky and my mom was able to tell me a little bit about your book and about the backstory um, of some of the experiences and events and challenges that you had in your own life. But it sounds like, and I haven't been able to read the book myself yet, um, you were able to transform and transmute the experiences into ones of gratitude and joy. And I think that's the message we we all need to hear. So can you tell us a little bit more about where the book and where this title, Mr. Lucky, came from. Sure. Um, well, we've all had some life-changing experiences and we seem to have had our more than our fair share. Um, for example, I fell off a ladder face first. Uh, I've been held up at gunpoint. Uh, a really big one, uh, uh, those are pretty big, <laughs> but uh, uh, another, amazing part of our life was at 2.30 in the morning, uh, our house went on fire, or actually my wife woke up 
and realized the house was on fire. And uh, a lot of fun stories to that. But uh, so we lost 85% of our possessions, uh, things like my father dying relatively young from cancer and my mother-in-law the same, my brother-in-law com committed suicide. Uh, these are all horrible things. I don't wish any of them on anybody, but we have a choice of how we're gonna look at those things. And so when I was standing out uh, in our cul-de-sac with half of our neighbors at 3.30 in the morning and there's five fire trucks trying to put put out this, this fire, everybody said, you're so calm. And uh, I, th I thought about it and there I am. I'm with my wife, I'm with my daughter, I've got our two dogs. Um, how lucky am I? I? I was lucky enough to grab my daughter's blankie. So that put me in the hero column for, for a few <laughs> minutes. And I said, you know, I bet somebody else today had been told they had cancer or somebody in their family or, you know, something that really, I'm gonna say, mattered. And uh, ironically, the big things I think I handle really well. It's the day-to-day -day stuff, <laughs> right? That comes at you. We know it's gonna come at us and uh, we get to decide, right? Are we gonna react or are we gonna respond? And um, just like you started our uh, call today by having us take a couple of breaths. You know, if you just stop and take one or two breaths and think about what you're going to say. And uh, I wish I had had that skill during my business career. Um, I'm not especially good at it e even today, knowing it and having worked on it for years. But um, it really helps. You know, is it just that little stuff that we, we need to put, put things in perspective? And uh, it, it's very helpful. I think it's interesting how you mention you're able to handle the the bigger things with a little bit more ease and grace, but it's the mundane daily that that tend to be a little bit more challenging. And I have this this thought myself yesterday or two days ago, I was about to do another interview like this. All of a sudden the power goes out. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, take a couple deep breaths. And I'm like, this is the spiritual practice. Like right here in this yes. very mundane uh, human moment. So I'm curious for you, what uh, what teachings or maybe philosophy, or maybe it was your yoga practice, what helps you in those moments or even in the past in those moments of major, oh gosh, like this is happening right now. How were you able to stay calm and centered? You know, the things that I described the, the list that I gave you, the partial list that I get that I gave you, um, 
it all really happened. That all happened before I became mindful. Mm. So I, I'm not, I'm not really sure what created what created that. Um, but the yoga has has really helped me examine life, examine relationships, ex examine what's what's important. You know, I was kind of going through my life, uh, blowing through, doing one thing, trying to accomplish another thing, and and it was um, it, it worked well. Uh, um, financially, it, it worked pretty well for a life, but it's so much re more rewarding now to um, not only to do yoga, and and that was when we met, was um, doing kundalini yoga, which is uh, very different and uh, something uh, freak yoga, as, <laughs> as, I, as I respectfully call it, um, that I avoided for so long, but that I now love and do every single day. And it, it's more about the, the breathing and slowing you down. And um, I, I laugh at, at myself still. I, I used to think, oh, I'd wake up with a great idea. I'd be in the shower and have great, you know, my mind is always working. And then it dawned on me one day, you got to rest, right? We all go to sleep. Your brain needs to rest too. And um, so that was a, a kind of an aha uh, mo moment that if you actually slow down, sometimes you can get more done than, than less done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm personally in the process of navigating this delicate dance between, you know, forward movement, ideas, creating things business-wise, going, going, and then rest and spaciousness and and play and slowness and and nature. And I find it this this dance that we're not given the life's rule book for. Um, yes. We kind of just have to experience the polarity of both to find ourselves back in, in the balance that works for us. And I'd kind of say that first 40, 47 years was like um, Nike, just do it. <laughs> and, uh, and and I just went 100%, 110% if, if there is such, such, such a thing. Um, but this, this, is, this, is a better, this is a better way. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your how you spend your time now, how you spend your time mentoring um, young adults and, and teens these days. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, I'd, I'd say to you, one of the most rewarding things in my life is the mentoring that I do. Um, eight years ago, I started uh, mentoring Coy Carter and uh, seven years ago, Jerron Thomas. Uh, they were both homeless uh, prior to meeting them. And they got in this program that required them to go to school full time, 
They were both uh, about 18. Uh, go to school full time, work 30 hours a week, and have a mentor. And um, I'm, I'm so proud to tell you, Coy graduated college, got his MBA at 23. He bought a house, um, is a successful realtor. Um, Jerron took him a little longer to graduate college, but he graduated college. He got in the police academy. Uh, he's now a police officer for the city of Sarasota. Uh, an amazing young man, uh, more in touch with his person and his uh, soul that, than most of the men that I know. Um, so we'd, we'd get together every week and we'd just sit down and we'd, we'd talk. Uh, you know, it starts out kind of slow, right? Maybe sports and things like that. And, and, and quickly, they were just sitting down and telling me what's going on. And there's nothing more rewarding than seeing the progress, uh, watching them grow. They're, they're, they're phenomenal young men. It gives you um, optimism, right? We're, we're dependent. They say, always say the youth is, is what's going to take us to, to the next, to the next uh, gr great idea or make, make our country better. Um, I can't recommend mentoring enough. The most important thing is showing up, caring, listening. There, there's, there's not, you know, uh, there's no requirements that make somebody a good mentor. I don't think, except to to care, to to, to be to be there, and uh, so they're, you know, they're part of our family now, and um, it's 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 wonderful. I, I can't recommend it enough. I'm, I'm mentoring another student that I've started with in, in December. He's graduating from New College. Um, well, I'm sorry, he graduated at nine o'clock this morning uh, from, from New College and uh, is, is a great young man too. So, wow. yeah. It feels um, quite full circle that we began this conversation with open-mindedness because we hear when someone's homeless, um, there's something that goes off in the mind that says, ah, hopeless, you know, nothing will come of these people, some kind of societal belief in some way. And you, because of your open-mindedness, your ability to see beyond the labels in society, you were able to give someone a chance, a pathway, a, a direction. And I, I could cry even hearing you talk about that because like that's why I started the show. I want to be the, I want to share the stories that empower someone to make them realize that they can do anything. They are capable of so much more than they might even realize. And it's so incredible to hear what you're doing and how you've helped someone create a life that maybe they didn't realize was possible for themselves. Well, and just adding to exactly what you said, 
that's why I wrote the, the book, Mr. Lucky. Um, I'm not the smartest guy in any room that I go into. I, I, I prove it over and over in, in, in the book. I, I really, I really do. And, but thankfully, that's not what necessarily makes somebody successful. And so working with these guys, seeing how successful they could be, I wanted to help more, more than one or two people at a time. Um, I did it. I've watched the two of them do it. My biggest message is anybody can do it. And uh, I think uh, I'm not big on quotes that I'll probably even mess it up, but, but uh, Thomas Edison said the three greatest essentials to success, hard work, stick-to-itiveness, and common sense. He didn't say anything about being smart. Right. And I, I guess I, I like that uh, stick to itiveness for me is a little bit of stubbornness. You know, <laughs> I said, I'm going to, I'm going to make, I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I'm going to learn from it. And so they inspired me to write the book. It's inspirational stories. It's life lessons from, from all these experiences. It's some, uh, uh, things from the from the business career that that I had that that I apply to everyday life, right? So it's it's not a business book. It's a it's a life it's a life book. I have two um, more questions for you as we wrap this sure. up. Okay. Um, one is, what are you grateful for today? Well, uh, I think I'm most grateful for my family. Um, if there's anything that truly makes me Mr. Lucky, it's uh, 31 years ago, marrying my wife, my best friend at the time, and, and still um, got a wonderful daughter. We, uh, we adopted her and there's just another Mr. Lucky story in the, in the adoption, how that came about. And, uh, my sister and nieces and family, um, just really grateful. And it's been, um, I had the pleasure of meeting your, your beautiful and yeah. lovely wife also. So yeah, I can amazing. attest to her, her presence. Um, she is amazing. And the last question is, what is the, the message that you just feel called to share today with anyone who's listening live, with anyone who will listen to this? Um, even if you just close your eyes and take a deep breath for a moment, what is the message that you'd like to share? Uh, I'm going to say it again. You can do whatever, whatever you want. You, I don't care if, if you're 15 or I'm 61. It's, it's not too late. Um, I hope you have a lot more life ahead of you, uh, whether it's school, whether it's, uh, that from the internet, from uh, podcasts, from from uh, there, there's so many ways to learn, and uh, hopefully we're all learning, not not just for our career, but but for our life. Uh, find more things that you enjoy in your 
in your life. Um, make every day, make every day count. I love that. Okay, one more question. Um, can people sure. purchase your book? Uh, where is your book? Where can we find um, it? Sure. <laughs> My niece did this beautiful cover, so I want you to see that. It's called uh, My Mr. Lucky, my unexpected journey to success and uh, my unexpected journey to success. And you can just go on uh, Amazon or any, any place online where you're buying books. As Dick Vitale says on the cover, it's awesome, baby, with a capital A. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Mitchell. This has been this is always medicine for me to interview people. I learn so much. I, I feel like it's always a, the message I need in the moment. And I, I'm just so grateful that you you're doing what you're doing in the world. It's very, very inspiring. So just thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. And right back at you. Really enjoyed the, listening to your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I hope everyone has a beautiful Friday ahead and just, yeah, blessings, peace and love too to everyone. We'll see you next week.